G'day runners, welcome to episode 5 of the Trail Runners Experience. On today's episode, I'll be talking with Jennifer Carroll, physiotherapist, trail runner, personal trainer, and all-round awesome person. Uh, we'll be talking about Jennifer's amazing experience in the trail running community and how she recovered from an incredible injury. So sit back, or even better, put your running shoes on, and let's go. All right, um, Jenny, how are you? I'm in a pretty good mood. Just yeah? ran a flat run, so that was a bit exciting. Yeah, no hills today. No hills. I think it was a two-meter hill that I got. Yeah. Oh, it's good. But you can run faster. Yeah, yeah, I'm now a flat runner. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's your one flat run for the year? Yeah, yeah that's my one yeah. flat run for the yeah. year. <laughs> Time to head for the hills again. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. No, um, yeah, thanks for coming and having a chat with me. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I I thought um, I'd like to find a little bit about yourself and where you came from and how you became the the runner that you are. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Oh, so what do you do for work at the moment? Um, at the moment, a bit of a fine balance. Um, sort of doing everything so doing physiotherapy, group fitness training, administration, um, Pilates teaching. Just um, exploring, I guess, trying to find my niche in the world. Yeah, I, I love it all. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of everything, a lot of stuff to do with the the, the human body. I I yeah. just I could not actually use the right words to tell you how fascinated I am with the human body and the potential that everyone has. I think probably what I find the most interesting is when people actually start discovering what they are actually capable of when you see those people that um, you know are in a wheelchair and all of a sudden they start realizing that they don't need to be in a wheelchair again um, the capacity of the mind and the body it just it blows me away yeah and so I imagine that kind of thinking has is probably what drew you to a sport like ultra running and trail running oh yeah? god yeah it is yeah. the epitome of exploring the mind and exploring the body and what humans can actually be capable of yeah Absolutely no. Um, I, I I quite often find myself asking the question of why I'm doing this. Why? I, I mean, on good days and bad days, I do ask myself, why am I running through the rain in the in the <laughs> wilds of the hills or in the heat? You know, why am I putting myself into a discomfort? You know, and I think that's a, a common thought. But then I think it's part of the human condition. So I don't know if you agree with that. And I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I think everybody to a certain extent has this slight dissatisfaction because we all know that we are capable of more. It's like this internal drive. We just know that there's something more in us. And unless you're actually striving to reach that potential, there's that little niggling, there's just that little niggle of, I don't know dissatisfaction. Yeah, and you th do you think um, ultra running and trail running sort of quenches that? Oh yes. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that humans are born to run. Um, it's how we survived as a species. We're a pack animal. We hunt in packs. We're not fast. Our way of actually eating and getting our prey is we 
actually slowly follow it until the actual prey dies of exhaustion. That's right, yeah. Um, I think I've read, a, obviously, that famous book, that Born to Run book. Uh, yes. Yeah, they talked a lot about that, that Christopher McDougall. Oh, is it Christopher McDougall? Yes, yeah. that's the one. And, um, yeah, and just, like, yeah, it's fascinating. I, they call it persistence hunting. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'd have to give it a crack one day. <laughs> yeah. I, I do see plenty of kangaroos out there. I've never tried to chase one, you know. <laughs> Let me know when you're next, Ray. We'll see how yeah. that works out for us. Yeah, they look, they're pretty uh, pretty fast on the uphills. They've got some big quads, those, those roos. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing missing in that book, though, and this is very personal, um, but I think one thing missing in that book is it glorifies running a lot um, and I think sometimes we need to actually realize that not all runs feel good you know even though maybe we are naturally born to run and it is a survival mechanism you're gonna have your days where the body hurts it's you know it's a lot of discipline that goes into running not just the natural happy feel yeah true yeah um, and it's funny with like with and with like an increased knowledge of how the human body works, we figure out how to make this machine of ours work better. That's how, I mean, I, I look at my body and the human body as a machine that can be fixed or it can also be broken, you know, and then fixed again, you know. So, I mean, anytime someone comes to me with an injury and I go, okay, we can get to the bottom of it because they we can fig- generally you can figure out what the problem is, yes. you know, and um, so, you know. But uh, a lot of people can't say, oh, I can't, I can't run because, you know, I've got bad knees. It's probably just because you're weak, you know. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It means you've just got to build up strength in the, those areas that are weak. Exactly. And, yeah. So, um, and that's, I guess, being a physiotherapist as well, yeah? Yeah. So it's sort of the area that you kind of work in, isn't it? And oh, doing def- a lot of strength stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, my number one key to getting success with clients, though, is they have to be willing to put in the work. Yeah. Um, you know you can have all the money in the world and all the expertise but if you don't get down and do your simple basic rehab exercises you're never going to develop yeah yeah so that's one of the key frustrations i find is actually getting people to do the small boring rehab stuff um it doesn't glorify you and you don't get instant gratification but you've got to do the small rehab to get to the bigger goal yeah like anything in life i guess absolutely um no that's fascinating so that actually brings me quite nicely to the next question I was going to ask you. So you, you know, you've, you've come from a lifetime of sort of training and fitness and running and you were quite a, when you were way back in, not, not the year old, you're younger than me, but you were, um, you were quite an accomplished runner and marathon runner and ultra runner back in your early 20s even. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, so just tell us a little bit about about your running in your early 20s and coming up yeah well okay <clears throat> grandma jenny speaks about back in the day when we started running um, grandma <laughs> i hated running when i first started running um i was your typical unpopular overweight high school person um i lived on the computer and maggi noodles and I ballooned out. Carbs. Yeah, I loved, I loved my noodles. Um, I didn't have any friends. I had really bad social anxiety. Um, yeah, they tried doing everything with me. Dance, drama, trying to bring me out of my shell. And I was just a really shy kid. Um, and then because of my weight, we tried exercising. And I started um, to try to run. 
and I still to this day remember my first run I cried the entire time um, I got a personal trainer and they started teaching me about exercise and um, I got a little bit fitter started to lose the weight got a little bit more confidence and then I joined this um, group on a Tuesday it was uh, they weren't trail running essay I think it was road runners back then and um, it was six o'clock in the morning I mean who wakes up at that time <laughs> but we started running and um, I had no idea where I was I was somewhere in Norwood and I was going to be late for work and um, I couldn't run anymore I ran for about 10 minutes and died and then someone came up to me his name was Doug and um, he said oh you know I'll help you um, find your way back to your car and I ran with him and I just thought he was God I thought he was legendary apparently he ran 24 kilometers this massive distance um, so I ran back with him and then I kept going every Tuesday slowly came out of my shell and yeah started running um, and every time I run um, I felt better I got friends um, my anxiety started to settle and um, I guess the mark just got bigger and bigger you know it's your first five kilometer race and then it was your first city to bay my god when you first do your city to bay I think I was just the proudest person in the world and then once you do city to bay there's always something more there's always a new yeah. milestone I guess and you just go chasing it and then um, my cousin dared me to do a hundred kilometers with her one day and to step up from a, yeah. for a 12 kilometer road run to a 100 k's it was um and i went and bought my little kmart shoes um my little bum bag and i bought the shoes a week before the actual 100 k we've learned since then you don't do that and um yeah pulled out at 64 kilometers because of blisters and then went back the next year and just kept going oh wow so that was sort of how i got into it i guess yeah just next i guess what's the next thing there's always the next thing isn't yeah. it yeah that's amazing that's a, a, one of the things um that's the human experience definitely you know yeah. always looking for more yeah you know, some people are looking for more money other people are looking for more challenges you know yeah it's, it's amazing and so you were running quite well and then you had a um and then so something happened in your late 20s, something that wasn't so good. Yeah, well I was kind of at the peak of my running career and um, I had quite a few coaches that were interested in me and sort of um, we were aiming for the Commonwealth and um, the Rio 2016 Olympics for the marathon. Uh, then I started getting um, really bad breathing difficulties. I still remember just going up this hill and feeling really dizzy and thought something's not quite right here. Um, went to the doctors and the doctors said um, you know we think you might have anxiety because um, at the time I was doing physio and there was a lot of exams um, so we started going down the line of anxiety because I've had a past with it and um, yeah it just it never started getting better and no one in their right mind you know in your late 20s they don't think you know medically there's too much wrong with you exactly you're invincible in your yeah place. I was invincible believe yeah. me I had a very nicely big ego back then um, yeah. <laughs> I was fit yeah yeah um, so yeah in the end it uh, one day I just woke up couldn't breathe went to the doctors and um, they said we're calling um, an ambulance we think you might be having a heart attack and that was it um, in the ambulance had a pulmonary embolism a clot in the left lung Wow. And it's just been a recovery process since then. Yeah. And so 
that was how many years ago? That was so that was just before my thirtieth birthday, and I'm thirty three now, so it's three years yeah. ago. So that was um, that must have been a huge. I mean, aside from the physical aspect of it, but just the mental oh. aspect as well. Yes. Um, I can understand now why famous footballers and famous athletes get such bad depression when they can't compete in their sport because when you're waking up every day with a purpose of training and your whole entire week is scheduled with training, you know who you are, um, all your friends, all your associates are related to your goal and where you're going. And suddenly, when you get that taken away from you, you no longer know who you are. Yeah. And you've got all this time in the week um, that you are unprepared for. It does. It gets to you because, you know, your sport becomes your worth in a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was tough mentally and physically getting back from that. And so, um, if you don't mind me sort of delving a bit more into that, <laughs> no, that no. dark period, because I know you're in a much better place now in your yeah. life. And so... Um, I think what your your story is inspiring because I've I mean I, I've basically know most I know a lot of your story through Facebook because you are very open about that and I think that's a great thing because it is it, it is inspiring it's and um but it's also you know you do sort of put yourself out there and that's I think it's great I'm a I'm a great believer in that you own it and so you you had to come back from so you were hospitalized obviously for a period of time and um and then you you sort of how long were you sort of in a uh, i don't know like how long so what when, when did you start running again when did you start getting to a point where you could start to come out of the physical and mental yeah well aspect? um in all honesty i had to break um you know i was talking to Haley till yesterday actually and um what I my biggest struggle was was I kept trying to fight I kept trying to fight it and live in denial that it had happened to me and I thought you know if I just ignore it and I just keep continuing trying to get back to who I was before the pulmonary embolism everything will be okay um, and that was the worst mistake I actually made um, because I just couldn't get better I just kept trying to peak and go back to what I was like um, and mentally it crushed me because every time I went out to run, I hated the run because I'm thinking, okay, before the pulmonary embolism, I was running four minute kilometers and now I'm running seven minutes. Yeah. Um, and so in the end, because I wasn't good and I wasn't enjoying it, running became my enemy. Um, and, and it's I, the very thing that can help you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like I say, your spiral. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. really, um, I had to change my entire relationship with running again and I also had to stop running. I had to just um, completely stop the pushing and give my time to relax and have that break. Um, and I think that took me probably a year to um, recover physically but another good two years to recover mentally from it. Yeah, wow. Um, and it honestly was one day I just... Um, I, I took six months off from everything, from the physio, from absolutely everything, and um, just relaxed, um, became Amish for quite a while. Right. <laughs> and one day I just woke up and thought, okay, I'm ready to go back to being Jenny now. I'm ready to go back to running. Um, I ran two and a half kilometres, died. 
Yep. I was puffing and I had that metallic taste in your mouth, um, you know, when you first start running. Yeah, and, like the like the blood or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness me, I yeah. used to be like such a good 100 kilometer runner and here I am at two and a half kilometers completely done for. However, surely that must have felt like a small victory though, in some ways. Yeah. Not really? No. Um, this was a long process because I had come so far in my running career. I'd had those victories. So going back, um, you don't have that same kind of mentality. When you first start running, everything's a victory because you've never been there before. You've never done yeah. it. It's all a new feeling, that first 5K, that first 12K. But when you've hit your max and then you stop and you try and go back, it's not the same. Yeah. It's like you've gone all the way back to the starting line and then another 100 k's behind the starting line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's quite interesting because I've had the same coach throughout the whole thing. He's sort of seen my mental battle with running. And um, I approached him and I said, look, this is ridiculous. Um, I'm at the back of the pack. I'm at the back of the running pack. I don't belong here. Um, and he actually said to me, Jenny, I'm not going to train you until you actually... Um, you write back to me and say that you want to run because you enjoy it not because you want to win not because you have a goal to do anything I just want you to go out there and get your relationship back with running again um, that's key what a good yeah. coach oh god yeah um, and I'm so glad he did that so I had to turn off the Strava I had to turn off the Garmin apps I had to do all that and um, yeah just go out into nature and rekindle that love again it's interesting you say about turning off Strava and all that. I'm a huge believer in, um, yeah, in turning those devices off when we're running. I mean, the data that we get from Strava and all these fancy watches is fantastic, and it is very motivating. But I, I do think that it, it can become a burden. And um, I, I have a, a confession to make. <laughs> I ran. I've been running for 25 years competitively and it's only in the last a uh, couple months ago i got my first what proper watch I've, wow. I've been i've been running with a ten dollar kmart watch for years and years and and it, i mean i've done lots of ultras and stuff you know and i know a few other um ultra runners that have used the same approach because i mean i i i've always believed that you know your legs know if you've done the workout you know your heart knows you know and your mind knows if you've done the workout but in saying that, I, so I can totally sorry to cut you in there, cut you out, but I um I totally understand that. And did it help though? It Cutting, did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, that was the big thing. Was um, you know sometimes you can get so caught up in the times and um, you know the races and racing towards your race, you actually forget why you started. Like I need to look back and go, hang on a minute running stopped me from being that anxious little kid who didn't have any friends you know running got me out of my shell it cured my anxiety um it has done so much for my mental health it's more than just a certain time for a certain race yeah it's a lifestyle it's my medication exactly yeah no it's it's a it's a wonderful drug yeah it is <laughs> it, it is yeah and so where are you now um running wise yeah, at the moment, um, I'm in a very good place. Yeah. I sort of, um, I stay very quiet about my running these days though. Um, so that's changed since the pulmonary embolism. I used to be a little bit of a show pony. Um, <laughs> I think that's a bit to do with youth as well. <laughs> that, yeah. that goes, that goes quite, 
quite fast. Yeah. Um, but it, when I race now, I purposely um, start at the back of the pack. I chat, um, and if things get a little bit too much for me, I start pushing. I put my music on, and there's no doubt in my mind that I will get back to being competitive. But at the moment, um, I don't think I'm ready. I think I still have a journey with my running to go where I'm getting back to doing it for the reasons why I run. Yeah. And that's because I love it. And um, I find myself in ultras. That sounds really peculiar, you know, like who, who on their right mind finds themselves in an ultra. But I feel like the real Jenny when I'm in those situations. I discover who I am um, you know because everything gets taken away from you on the ultras you're basically at your mm. raw self strips away the ego doesn't yeah, it yeah it does and I need that taken away from me um, yeah. to realize who I am and when you're out there you know it doesn't matter your job how much money you have or you know how many friends you've got on Facebook you really are at your true self yeah no it's such so true and I think yeah you've got right to the core of what it it means it's be yeah. an ultra runner, you know that, and it's not the beginning of an ultra. It's not the end of an ultra. For me, and I don't know if you can relate to this, it's that period where you're not sure if you can make it. Yes. You know that bit when you're in the hole. You know, in everyone goes. I mean, not every race is bad, but even in good races, quite often I'll go through that low patch. <laughs> and when you're in that low patch, that's when you really know who you are hey it is you know and did you to find that ability to get out of it oh god yeah and you know that mentality applies to every single aspect of our life i mean um and what happens to you in the ultra happens to you in life um you know no one has a cruisy life some people say they do but honestly we all go through bad patches um and if you can train your mind to realize that if you push through there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah um you you put that into anything yeah absolutely no i um i could not agree more um so yeah that's such an inspiring story i think you know you've come from you've there's the the rise and fall and rise again (laughs) of of jennifer carroll (laughs) no that's great and so what's your next running goal where are you headed to from in the next 12 months well um short short term goal is new zealand tapo and that's october Um, tapo tapo yes on Um, the north island isn't it yeah i'm gonna be doing that with my partner so that's our first time traveling together oh cool it'll be his first 50 and um my return 100 kilometer so it'll be my first 100 kilometer since the pulmonary embolism yeah a uh, long-term goal. It's been my goal since I was 25, but um, that's to do to UTMB. I did want to do um, UTMB. Yeah. So it's basically Ultra Trail Mount Blanc. Mont, yeah. Mont Blanc. I don't. I don't. Not very good at pronunciation. No, me either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wanted to do Death Valley um, just because it's the hardest race in the world and the bad water. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I don't think you can do it anymore. I don't know if they still do it. I do know that they changed it. Uh, quite significantly and they took a lot of the elements of danger out of it which is sort of why we do these things so you know so yeah so you you the um utmb yeah so you're attempting to qualify for that yeah which is um the race i'm doing this year is a qualifier race and also a few of the races that i've got teed up are yeah um so that'll be the big goal but people say you know why that race in particular um 
really it's a stepping stone to doing crazier stuff and I don't think I'll be satisfied until I've just pushed every single boundary of human performance it's who I am um, and it's a journey it's an exciting journey yeah it's great and I'll tell you one thing like in I mean you said you're 33 and you've already experienced a a significant amount and I mean I'm not a, a lot older I'm almost 39 but um, one of the things I do know in the sport, 33 is still really young. You know, you've still got, and I, so you've still got some fantastic years of running ahead of you. And if and I, I, I would venture to say your best years of running are probably still in front of you. And so I, um, I, and if if you if any athlete came to me and said, "Oh, I'm 33, I'm too old," <laughs> I'd say, "Wake up to yourself." <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. So that's great. You know, I think that. Um, yeah, there's and this and with the trail running has become so popular now, you know, like it's just so even just from five years ago, just in Adelaide, the diff- oh. there's so many more races now. Um, there's no shortage of exciting adventures out there. There's un- cruel and unusual race directors that are coming up with these amazing races, you know. So it's really awesome. So I I am also looking for more, and I think like we said before, you know, it's looking for that. Um, for something more in life you know yeah. so that's great um yeah even just here in south australia i think that you won't find a shortage of runs you could end up doing like the barclay marathons over in uh i have heard of this yeah yes. have you seen the documentary i have yeah. it's um yeah the director he's an interesting character i know <laughs> i know it's weird i personally i um I would. I have no interest in doing that race, but I do find it fascinating to, for the people who try and do it, and you know, and I say try because most people don't finish, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. But there's still, um, no, a woman has not completed that race yet. So there's. Oh, still, now you tell me that. I know the challenge is there. Yeah. Well, I, when I spoke to Lucy Bartholomew, she, um, I asked her about that race, and she has no desire to do it. So, Interesting. Yeah, she said it's not her cup of tea, and she said she gets lost in the supermarket, and so she would get lost <laughs> out in the trails. And I think, you know, that's good. It, and I think it it does take a special type of mindset to uh, to venture into something like that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. So, um, well done. Thank you so much for uh, having a chat. And so it was a good chat. Thank yeah, you. No, my pl- I look forward to. Uh, we'll come. We'll have to talk again when you've completed Taupo I'll get you and we'll have another chat and see how that all went yeah, you, you give us great. the rundown <laughs> I will do that. that that'll feel like a triumphant return then won't it yeah when, and I'll that, be able to tell you how the relationship went our first time traveling and our first ultra yeah. together oh, New Zealand's <laughs> a fantastic place make sure you do some, have you been before no so good I've been several times love it I've never raced over there but I've traveled and I oh, it's just so good I'm due to go back soon so, yeah, enjoy. Thank you. Well, see you next time. Did you enjoy this episode of the Trail Runners Experience? I really hope you did. I enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please just go right ahead and hit that share button. Tell all your friends. Tell your mum. Thanks a lot and see you next time on the Trail Runners Experience. This episode of the Trail Runners Experience was brought to you by Roasted On. Aside from being the freshest coffee and granola in Australia, Roasted On has a subscription service. Go to roastedon.com.au 
and subscribe so that you can make sure you never run out of coffee or granola again. Roasted on. When was yours roasted?